Does anyone know how to get a hold of a movie from 2006 called The Go Master? It's a movie that's supposed to center around Go Sagan, and it looks incredible, but you it's really hard to find. It's like $261 as a DVD on Amazon, and I think that... Uh, it's like a yeah, there's like a footnote on that listing saying that it's it only works on some obscure EU format of DVD players. I didn't even know there's like different formats of DVDs. But it, and not to be confused with the 1982 movie called The Go Masters or the book that I mentioned in an earlier podcast episode called The Master of Go. But I want to watch this movie, The Go Master, 2006. If anyone knows how to get a hold of that movie, Please share your knowledge. Uh, I've been playing not so many OGS games because, uh, you know, I had that little stint of COVID, so I wasn't able to really play. Um, but the overall uh, flavor of these new OGS slower-ish games that I'm getting is that uh, I'm, I'm making bigger strategic errors rather than the, like reading type errors which kind of surprises me because it feels like okay since i have more time i should be able to think more about the strategy but i guess having more time also gives me more time to make sure i don't make stupid reading mistakes but i've been like kind of surprised at like the uh, types of errors that i've been making so i'm going to try to review my games and see if i can figure out how to stop making these errors where I just kind of let a group way too big die and disconnect. Stuff like that, you know? Welcome to Starpoint, the show about go for go fans away from the board. And today I want to tell you all about how I started playing Go. And believe it or not, uh, it wasn't through the way that uh, many of you probably started playing Go through the anime Hikaru no Go. I did not start playing Go because of that anime. Um, I watched that anime later on, I think when I'd already become somewhat interested in Go. But let me start this story at the beginning. When I was, I don't know, somewhere between 7 and 14, <laughs> it's, hard to it's hard to place some childhood memories sometimes, there was a Go board sitting in my living room at my house. It was a floor go board, so it had like legs and it was super thick. So, you know, a sight to see, actually. It's hard, it's hard to find those things uh, around here in the West. But there was one in my house and I didn't know what it was. And I saw my dad use it and it was like an interesting thing to look at. And it was a, a board that my dad had borrowed from his friend and I tried asking him why he borrowed that. And he was like scratching his head like, why did I borrow that? And I, I think it was like he had some. So my dad's a um, software engineer. And he did uh, spend some time working on like, I th think they were like Sumego software or something like where he was like making some kind of Go related. It was like a si small side project, I think. Uh, I don't know too much about it. But anyway, my dad was kind of uh, Go adjacent a little bit uh, many, 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 many years ago. And he had this Go board at, his, at our house and he played with his friend. And I was, you know, naturally as a kid, you, you, 
you're curious about things like that when you see things like that. And my dad taught me the basic capture rules on how to play, but beyond that, I didn't really know anything. I, you know, I saw them play and it looked pretty complicated and, um, I just kind of understood the, the basic capture principle and kind of just left it at that. It just didn't go any farther than that. Didn't pursue playing any more games and just, that was just when I learned what the game was and, that was it for many years and I wouldn't interact with anything go related for a long time after that around 2007 I moved from Canada is where I grew up uh, uh, and moved to California and after I had moved to California one of my buddies from Canada uh, had got bitten by the go bug and he was super into go and his origin story was Hikaru no Go. So in a way, everything goes back to Hikaru no Go. And yeah, okay, so maybe I am directly in, or indirectly at least influenced by the Hikaru no Go, Go Storm. But in any case, my buddy was playing on KGS um, around 2007, and he wanted to, he wanted a friend to play Go with, right? And he just chatted me up and he, he convinced me to play this game, this game that I had seen many years ago, a game that I seen, I've seen my dad play. And I was like, oh yeah, I know that game, that game where you just capture things, right? Uh, not knowing anything about eyes or co or anything like that. And when I look back, you know what's crazy about KGS is they still have, I believe, like you, you can still go on those... Uh, on the KGS archive and find games from from like 20 years ago. Um, it's crazy. Like, uh, I mean, SGF files are pretty lightweight, so it makes sense that, you know, you can do that. But it's pretty cool. It's like ancient stuff. And and the thing about the SGF files is that they have chats um, saved into the, the moves. So you can go... I, I looked up my um, games with him and um, found our little, like, you know, teenage... Uh, conversations about whatever and it was quite entertaining but in any case he was hooked on go i wasn't really hooked on go i was just like oh look you know it's my old buddy that i kind of said bye to and left behind in canada and i was like you know gonna humor him with this uh, strange game that he wants to play and i obviously i sucked i i was terrible at, at this game and i was i think worse than uh Worse than a uh, average beginner, maybe because I was uh, kind of experimental with it. I, I, there are some games that I found where I just kind of start drawing a line across the nineteen by nineteen with with all my stones, and um, it's just interesting to say the least. But I remember during those sessions that um, my buddy would be shouting proverbs at me like, "Don't go fishing with your when your house is on fire." That's the one that always stuck with me. He always kept on saying, don't go fishing when your house is on fire. And I had absolutely no idea what that meant at the time. And uh, looking back, I know what he's trying to talk, like tell me about now. But back then I was just playing, you know, I was playing second line moves. I was like putting my stone underneath, uh, you know, two of his stones, you know, pre pretty much captured already by the time I played it. Things like that. And um, I made some few... Uh, I made a few uh, funny comments like, I, I hate that you're happy when I'm doing well, because I would, 
I would play a certain move and he would be like, wow, that was a great move. And he just try to encourage me. And I'd be like, I don't like that. I don't like that. You're, you're, you're satisfied with my moves. You're supposed to be frustrated when I'm trying to beat you. But, um, he was funny enough. He was around 10 K or 10 Q at the time. When I, when I look at those files, uh, it's, it's funny how, you know, long away he's, he's like a Don level player now. And, uh, he's, uh, uh, you know, it's just it's just interesting to see the uh, perspective change. Uh, and then, so, you know, I, I humored him for, like, what I thought was maybe, like, a couple of games. I thought I played, like, two or three games. And when I look back, there's actually quite a few games that I played with him. I played, like, dozens of games. And um, I didn't really get hooked on it. I didn't really find the appeal of the game. You know, I, I think I found it interesting enough that I played dozens of games with him, at least, I think. But, um, yeah, it didn't really hook me. And then, uh, along came, like, 2013, and I make another friend who also plays Go, which is interesting. You don't really meet that many people in life who play Go if you just if you're not looking for them. But I, I I find this other friend and he's like, Oh yeah, I play Go and I'm like, Oh, I know what this game is. My my friend tried to get me to play this many years ago. And uh that was just a kind of like an interesting moment. But uh he was he was also very into into Go and he was like a Don level player and um it's actually quite um, impressive when you look at how he got to a Don level because he basically took a year to, to get to Don level. Um, but th- th- I mean, that's that made it seem like it was easy to become a Don level player, but I, I didn't know at the time how hard it would be. Um, and in any case, you know, that was an interesting little uh thing where I, I, I met someone else who played this strange game and. In 2014, I found this, like, weird interest in the game. It just, like, this game that has been, like, in the back of my head for a long time. It's just kind of been so, like, stewing in my subconscious. And I don't know what came over me, but I was just kind of like, this game is interesting. Like, I want to learn how to play this for real. Right. I think there was like a part of me that was like bothered by the game. Like, why is that so hard? Like, I don't get it. And that like enigmatic nature of the game, like drew me into it. And I was kind of like, oh, I want to learn this. This is a hobby I want to take up. And so I bought a, a board for myself because I had found my dad's old chipped glass stones and I was like, you know what? I could just buy a board and I can like, I can use this, uh, this set. I bought a board on Amazon for like 30 bucks. The lines were terrible on it. There were like gold lines on this red board and you could barely see them because they kind of shimmer. And, um, but you know, it's, it's what I had. And I remember playing a game against myself and I know it's funny because like I always look down on it when people like start playing the game and all they do is play games against themselves. But I don't know, maybe it's a very natural thing to do, right? When you want to start playing this game, like you, you want to play against yourself because you're, you're kind of like nervous to play against other people. You don't really know what you're doing. Um, but 
yeah, I, I remember playing a game, game against myself and then I played like a handful of KGS games for like a month and then I I lost interest again. Uh, it was hard. It's a hard game to pick up. It really is. It's not an easy game. And um, I think, I don't know exactly what point, but uh, I probably around this time, I played against my dad. Probably he, he saw that I had my Go board and, you know, conversation happened where you know we one of us proposed like we play a game with each other and uh, i played against him and i remember losing to him and um i don't i forget what advice he gave me he gave me he said something like you need to like uh protect your stones or something or like you're too like you know you don't care about your stones or something like that i don't know what he said but you know my dad um my dad told me uh when he was in like school back in the day he would play go with his friends uh, on a on a pen and paper and you know just during class and um so my dad had like you know he has some fundamental uh, basics down and i was still completely terrible at the game and um he he yeah he he was he confidently beat me and then i put the game away again just i don't know i guess like, did it, it it was like a it was like a temporary phase right that that i was like oh i want to play this game and didn't really like think about how serious of a dedication it could be to to really try to improve at this game and so you know i didn't really think about the game as much you know i bought the board and then i put them away basically after a month and then um i think in 2016 that's when alphago played against uh isador and that was like it was just keeping like this like subconscious like knowledge of the game alive in me and it was a very interesting thing to follow though i wasn't really interested in the game enough to really pay attention to any specific moves but it was it was a huge landmark right as um we all knew before AlphaGo, go was this like thing where computers were not supposed to win against people and it was uh, quite a shocker when that happened. And then comes my actual first inkling of like an actual serious pursuit of the game uh, around 2018, uh, which well I will call the first wave of my interest in Go, where I that's when I created found out what OGS was and created an OGS account. And it's interesting because by this time. I'm not like a Go player. I, I don't play Go, but I have played quite a few games over many years. Like technically, like if you're looking at it, I'm like this is like if you really start from the beginning, it's like I, I've been playing for ten years, but not really because I haven't really been interested in the game. I just played a few here and there now and then, and apparently this makes me a ten Q. <laughs> uh, I don't feel like it. I don't think. Um, I don't think I'm a 10Q. I don't think that's exactly how strong I was. But when I look back at when I created my OGS account, that's kind of where I started. But what's interesting is that OGS had a rank recalculation done um, afterwards at some point. And... I'll get to this later, but basically they, they shifted all the ranks over. So at the time I, I had a journal and 
the journal around that time reads that I was 13Q, which feels more like what I was. Uh, I was 13Q on OGS and 15Q on Tygem. But if you look back on the history, I'm, I was like a 10Q in OGS because they recalculated the ranks and shifted it that way. And around this time, this is when I actually start playing my games, like, you know, actually trying to study the game, actually taking a serious interest in the game and playing more than, you know, just a month. And I also start, you know, I hit up my old buddy who, who introduced me to the game and we start playing some correspondence games on a, a server called Dragon Go Server. It's a correspondence focused server. I don't think many people know about it, but I think we chose that one because it had an Android app and uh, my friend was on Android at the time. And uh, yeah, so this is where my, I feel like this is where my real journey begins, but I'm kind of like cheating because I started off with a, you know, a decent knowledge of the game, not from complete scratch. And then in, by 2020, January 2020, I become OGS 9Q, and I play against my dad again, and I beat him, which was a huge milestone for me. Like, it didn't seem possible to beat my dad at this game because it's so hard, and he just kind of, like, grew up playing a little bit. You know, he wasn't, he's not a serious player, but he, um, you know, it just didn't seem very easy to do and it was so surprising when i when i beat him and it was it was a very big moment for me and then i started playing some handicap games with him gave him some stones and then around uh may of 2020 i'm uh, around 8q so i'm slowly climbing right so i'm i'm putting some time into the game and i'm i'm raising my rank little by little and then at the end of 2020, I kind of lose interest and in go again. And I start playing a little bit of chess and start studying a little chess. And it just kind of mixes it up a bit. And um, I think I kind of uh, had a little bit of fatigue with the game. And I think, you know, sometimes you go into a couple of losses that kind of discourage you a lot and, and turn your mind off to the game. And you kind of you don't feel like, you know you want to play as much anymore and that's cool that's totally fine everybody has those moments and you need to take a break sometimes um but yes that's where i was uh by the end of 2020 and I, that's kind of when i i was stringing along some uh, correspondence games and uh, i think i eventually decided i'm gonna just quit my correspondence games as well and i resigned a whole bunch of them or something like that and then a uh, couple years later, it doesn't feel like I didn't play Go for a couple years. I'm sure I was somewhat still like looking at certain Go things. But in 2022, I meet a third friend who plays Go. And it's just like all these signs are pointing me to like keep playing Go because like who meets th- three separate friends in three separate friend groups? Like someone who plays Go, like I don't know. That's it's just kind of. I feel like that's just a very, um, very rare thing to to come across someone who who plays this game and and also have it come come up in conversation, 
And I was really excited to meet someone who played Go because it's just like, I, you know, I still had fond feelings for the game. And I was just like, that's so exciting that I met another person who plays Go. And I was like, we got to play. We have to play. And I uh, started a, a correspondence game with them. And playing that correspondence game really made me feel like, oh, I really want to get back into this. This is fun, right? And when I checked my OGS rank at the time, uh, last I left it was like around 8Q and my OGS rank was at 6Q already. And I was just like, what's going on? And apparently OGS had done this recalculation to try to get everybody's ranks to be sim- more similar to AGA ranks. And there was just kind of like this uh, redistribution of ranks. And what I think what happened, my gut feeling here, when you look at the OGS ranks, I feel like they kind of squashed the bell curve in. So a lot of people are kind of hovering in the SDK range right now. But uh, that's just speculation. Uh, But in any case, I got some free rank up, which was interesting because it's like I felt like I wanted to earn and achieve these ranks. And I remember being a double digit Q player and feeling like it was so hard to break that single digit Q line and to just get this like two rank increase like like that was kind of it was like mixed feelings i was like it was kind of nice to get this rank up but at the same time i was like you you, fought, you kind of like devalued my struggle you know and this uh this is kind of like where the second wave of interest uh, my current wave started and uh i'm still riding it pretty strong i'm trying not to go too hard and burn myself out but this time i recognized i wasn't playing enough games I decided to play as many games as I could um, and really study Sumego and, and, and really put in some time and dedication to try to get better at this game. And I started, I went to my first tournament that year, uh, the Santa Monica Decaf Cup, uh, which was a very interesting and worthwhile experience. I highly encourage, if you haven't been to a tournament, at least try one out. It's, um, it's an experience to say the least. It's very exciting. Uh, I met Ken Rosawa, which you can, you know, listen to, uh, my experience in the first episode of Starpoint. uh, professional Japanese player did uh, an event and I was, I was able to attend and learn some from him. And now I'm a OGS 3Q and Fox one Don, and that's where I am right now. And I, I'm trying to get to this, uh, place where I am, one Don on like at least three different servers and OGS being like a pretty, a pretty um, important server to achieve one Don on because OGS is kind of hard to reach one Don on. And I feel like if you can be a one Don on OGS, that's pretty legit, right? Like, I feel like that's, uh, you can kind of say like, yeah, I'm a one Don player. If you're one Don on Fox, like if I'm a one Don on Fox, I'm not going to go around saying I'm a Don player yet. Right. Uh, I'm going to just I'm going to call myself a three Q. Uh, I mean, this is a thing that OG, like uh, go players often do. They, they kind of downplay their rank. They choose the lower rank. I, it's just like a psychological thing. But yeah, it's um, it's uh, well, anyway, that's that's uh, that's how long I've been playing go. So when people ask me how long have you been playing, it's it's kind of hard to answer. Right. If you look at my story. I mean, I learned about the game when I was quite young. And I first learned the rules, you know, 
I played my first handful of games in 2007. So I've been playing, if you count that way, 16 years, maybe something like that. It's, it's been a while, but if you count like the amount of time that I've been playing seriously, it's like five years or so. So it's hard to answer, but, uh, it's like, I w- I'll maybe call it, call it five years is, is what my, what I would say. But everyone has a different story. And so like one of the things that makes me really happy is when I look on Reddit and I see posts from people saying that they just started learning the game. And that's, that's always so cool because it's, it's just, um, it, it just makes me happy to see that. Like people, new people taking up interest in the game and, and starting their journeys and, not knowing, you know, how far they're going to be able to take it. And, and it's just, it's just a great experience. I think that this game brings to your life. Um, there's just so many ins and outs, twists and turns. And it's, it's quite, it's just, the the game is just very beautiful. And it, it took a while for me to see the beauty of the game. I think that's the thing I want to drive home here. Like is if you look at my story, I was so on and off with this game. Right. And it, it's hard to appreciate the beauty of the game from the get-go. I mean, it's like, I think the beauty of Go really lies in how the stones move and the the patterns that they put on the board. And so if you just look at a static board and if you don't really think about it, it's hard to see the beauty of it. But if, if you start to see the ways that the stones interact with each other, you start noticing more and more beauty in the game. And it's um, it's, uh, quite beautiful when you start seeing these different patterns and the, w- the unique interactions the stones have with each other. And then at the same time, when you have been acknowledging this beauty for a while, it's easy to take some of it for granted because I certainly take a lot of my baseline knowledge of the game for granted as if like it's not that hard to see when I've had years and years to process certain ideas. And another thing that this game I think has done for me, uh, is that I am a Korean by heritage. Um, I was born in Canada, so I'm very much, uh, Canadian or American, uh, of a dual citizenship, but it's allowed me to, delve a little bit into Korean culture and history when I don't know much about Korean culture and history. I don't know a lot about the country of Korea and where it comes from and, and things like that. And, um, having this game where there are a lot of Korean players to look up to, it's, um, it's pretty enticing for me to learn about like how did go develop in Korea. And it also opens my mind to the other figures in go to in, in other countries of Asia and learn about that as well. So by proxy as well. And one of the interesting things I've, I've learned is that, you know, Korea is not to, not traditionally the, the giant player. It, what it is today in go in the professional go scene back in the 70s Japan was the dominant force in Go and in 1982 Jonyeon the teacher of Ichango broke into the Go scene and won the first in cup against Ni Wei Ping um, the Chinese Go professional 
and brought this game to this elevated level in Korea and kind of said, hey, like Koreans can play Go too. And and it makes me think like this is something that I would want for the West, right? I want I want a Western country to have a some kind of prodigal player. Is am I using that word correctly? I don't think so. I don't think I am. A prodigy is what I'm trying to say. Prodigy of a player to come into the go scene and just break all convention and become this person to break this game into the West. Because I feel like, although there are a lot of people who are passionate about this game and believe in this game in the West, it has a long way to go. And you don't see a lot of Western players and, you know, the professional scene. If you look on the on GoRatings.com, you see, you got to scroll quite a quite a bit down until you see like uh, Ryan Lee and Michael Redmond and stuff. And, and, and they're very, very, very strong players. But imagine like a number one, right? A winning like the in-cup level type of thing. Maybe we just need a Cold War. No, I don't want a Cold War. But um, I mean, I, I make that joke because uh, that's a big force of why chess is uh, popular in the West because it was a very um, popular, not popular, a very important platform to uh, to convey this um power struggle between uh, Russia and the US and anyway that's all I had for my story and um, we're gonna mention a little bit of go news now the one piece of go news I want to highlight this week is uh, another update on Nakamura Sumire uh, as you all know she's the very young uh, prodigy from Japan and she has applied to become a part of the Korean Go Institute. And she was approved, and this uh, marks the first time a Japanese player has ever transferred to uh, an overseas Go organization. And she will start participating in the uh, Korean Go match, uh, professional matches starting in March 2nd of next year. And her status is of, uh, I think is what they call a guest professional player or visiting professional. And they have a special distinction because they don't um, go through the normal like testing and process of uh, becoming a pro player in the academy, but instead are recognized and recommended by uh, another organization for for example the japanese neon king uh, has you know commended her and and recognized that she's a strong player and a, and she can become a professional in the korean system and they've accepted her application and i think uh so it says she's going to be holding a press conference on october 30th which is actually tomorrow so by the time you listen to this it'll you'll you'll have um she'll have made her press conference to explain the transfer process and reasons why she has decided to transfer and it's um it's an interesting moment in in this his, in go history because traditionally people have gone to japan to learn go right people like chochikun uh born in korea and um had to move to japan and all the lots of the old masters all old korean masters they went to japan to learn from somebody uh, and, you know, even in, you know, Michael Redmond ha- had to go to Japan. Everybody's going to Japan, 
to learn Go. And so this is an interesting moment in history where this young player is coming to Korea because she wants to participate in a stronger pool of of peers. And so I think in this way that Go is, is a very good thing for international relations because it forces people to recognize that we have things to learn from each other and we can develop and grow with each other by exchanging ideas and it it's just you cannot deny what happens on the board in in this game and um i think it's um it's a very cool thing well so we'll see how she does in the korean system uh so best of luck to her and now it is time for listener mail plunko dunko writes it would be interesting to hear an episode on playstyle, and then uh, he he writes up a whole bunch of different ideas for episodes uh, that I could potentially cover. The subject has always been one of the most interesting parts of Go to think about for me. Thanks for another great episode. Keep up the great work. You're already one of the best Go content creators. Edit. My bad. Just realized you already did a style episode. Never mind. Well, thank you for writing in Plunko Dunko. And I actually really appreciate all these ideas you're giving me because although I have done a style episode, style's not just this one-time thing that I can talk about. I'm sure I'm going to do more episodes um, on the topic. And there's a lot of things to talk about in regards to style. Like as you've mentioned in your many bullet points of ideas, uh, those are fantastic ideas. I'll definitely consider talking about those things in a future episode. So thank you so much, Plunko Dunko. And Dark Madarauchiha. Oh, Mad. Oh, it must be like a, a Naruto reference. Da- Dark Madarauchiha says, Can't say I have a favorite Joseki, but I was forced to learn some 3 3 Joseki very early on when I was around 18Q, simply because people on OGS seemed to love jumping into my 4 4s. Now sitting at 11Q, I have decided to start learning more Joseki and merging this with studying the Chinese opening Fuseki. The plan being always play high or low Chinese and increase the chance of these Josekis appearing in my games, if it works that way. Such as when an opponent attaches approaches to my 3-4 and Josekis from there. Currently detailing all these Joseki on a program called Obsidian and then trying to play through them once every few days randomly. Enjoying the show! Well, thanks you. Thank you so much for writing in, um, and I think that is a good way. That's actually a thing that I'm doing now to learn Joseki is to consistently play a an opening and seeing if I can handle all the different kinds of Joseki that pop up. Um, three three Joseki, I think, is something. If you're gonna play a four, four, like I feel like no matter who you are, you're supposed to know some level of three three Joseki because. It's very, very important to learn that. I think it's like basically maybe one of the maybe second, third, fourth Josekis that you should learn. But yes, I think that's a very good strategy where you play a consistent opening and learn all the Josekis for that that often come up during those openings. But I think um, what frustrates me is that a lot of people like to simplify. So it's like when I study a lot of Joseki and a lot of complicated stuff, it's like... I don't get to play all that stuff that I study because many people like to simplify the Joseki. Maybe I'm, maybe that's a weird thing um, to want complicated Joseki. But anyway, thank you for writing in. Uh, and then Weiju writes, Hello, I've been following Starpoint for the past few weeks 
and just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to produce this wonderful content for the Go community. Go means a lot to me, even though I've only been playing for a year and I'm looking forward to seeing more Starpoint in the future. Thanks. Oh, thank you so much for the kind words, Weiju. And uh, I'm so glad to be able to provide this for you. And it, I, I totally relate when you say that you've only been playing for a year and it means a lot to you because it only takes a year. Like if you've been playing for a year, you've passed the hump of like this being like a phase. And it, I'm sure it means a lot to you. I'm sure you're, you're totally into the game. And um, I love creating content for you all. So I really appreciate when you guys appreciate the content and uh, it's just um, really nice to uh, hear from you. And with that, I want to throw out a question for this week, and I want to know how you started playing Go. I want to know your Go origin story. And if it's Hikaru no Go, that's fine. <laughs> you can tell me about that. Uh, if it's not, that's also cool. Um, I want to know all the different ways people came across this game. I think more people should learn about this game. More people should um be aware of the game at least even if they don't play so i want to know how did you start playing and you can comment wherever you're listening whether it's on reddit or youtube and uh, or or you can shoot an email to startpointbaduk at gmail.com at starpointbaduk at gmail.com thank you so much for listening and as always keep playing go